You are listening to The Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 99. This is The Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At The Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing. You should do. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Scott Wellens, and I am your host of The Best in Wealth Podcast. Now, this is a show dedicated to helping real people, that's you, my friend, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner and educator and a wealth advisor. And today's episode is 2017 Market Year in Review. But before I get to the topic today, I just want to let you know that this is the second time I'm recording this podcast because I had some wires crossed, literally had some wires crossed. I did the episode, I went in to go edit it, and the file was corrupted, it wouldn't open up, I was frustrated, I tried a million different things and finally figured out that I had one uh, connection in the left that should have been in the right and vice versa and blah, 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 and man, you know, if you go back and listen to my other episodes, you'll see that I haven't had this kind of a snafu in a long, long time, but you know what, I guess that's just the way it goes when you're Scott Wellens. My big brother always told me, it's not easy being me. And you know what else is going on? I love, 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 love routine. I am at my best when I'm in the middle of a routine. I'm the healthiest, I'm the wealthiest. I get out of my routine and it just doesn't go my way. I don't end up working out when I should, I end up eating a bunch of yuck, etc., etc. And you know, you think you get to January 1st and and you cuz you're out of your routine during that whole Christmas and New Year's season. You get back in your routine on the 1st, you think, "Here we go. Let's hit the ground running." But no, no, not me cuz I was sick. I was down for the count the first few days. I was just not right. I was working, but I wasn't right. And then I, whoa, I really hit it hard. And I'm sitting here complaining about it. But if you look, if you listen to my past episodes too, basically last year at the beginning of the year, I was sick too. I'm like, what's going on with me? I want to get back into my routine. But waking up this morning, I think that I'm on my way out of the cellar and ready. Let's get to the topic of the day. All right, market review 2017. You know what? I'm still <laughs> I'm still thinking that there's a chance that something's going wrong again and and that I'm going to get done recording and I'm going to try and ed- I'm going to try and edit and it's just not going to be there. So, uh, I got to get that out of my mind. I just don't want to don't want to waste another hour or so of the day. Well, let's just let's just do our best. If I can't make it uh, through this one, I think uh, I just might have to quit for the day. But uh, 2017, yeah, stock market review. Let's let's talk a second about the the fourth quarter, though, because uh, 
We had a pretty good fourth quarter, didn't we? Just like every, every quarter this year has been positive. We're looking at the broad U.S. stock market up over 6% in the fourth quarter. Now, that's not the S&P 500. It's, it's the broader 3,500 U.S. stocks. And again, I'm giving you the indexes. This is not something you can invest in. You can invest in an index fund that attempts to replicate the index but you're never going to get the index because of expenses and style drift and, and all this other stuff. So what I'm giving you is the index, not an investment. Let's get that straight. International developed markets, they were up too, up over 4%. And emerging markets, up over 7%. Those three were great. Now, let's look at global real estate, up about 3%, which is great just not as much as the others. In the bond market, though, well, the bond market suffered. Usually, that can be the case when the stock market's doing so well. The most of what I want to concentrate on today is looking overall 2017, because boy, oh boy, did we have one heck of a year. I mean, listen to these numbers. U.S. stock market up 21.13%. When the average annual return since 2001, 8.4%. U.S. almost three times the annual average. International stocks up 24.21% for 2017. Annual average since 2001, 7%. Up over three times. Emerging markets up, wait for it, 37.28% this year when the annual average since 2001, 14.8%. Global real estate, well, not as good. Up 7.41, not too shabby, but annual average 11% since 2001. Bond markets, overall aggregate U.S. bond market 3.54%. When you factor in just the short-term bonds, they did a lot, a lot less than that, but with a lot less risk. Global bond market up 2% in 2017. So I gave you three really good asset classes, and then I, I showed you three underperformers. So we need to, to think about, when we think about our portfolios, the aggregate of all of the asset classes. Let's break down the U.S., okay? The U.S. represents 52% of the, over, of the overall global market. And I already told you, 21.13 market-wide. When we look at just the large caps, large caps were up 21.69. Why? Because large did better than small this year by a, a pretty wide margin, which is the opposite of 2016. If you remember 2016, U.S. small value was the best performing asset class at over 30%. This year, small value, 7.84%, underperforming the overall stock market by a great deal. But does this mean that we now overweight our portfolio into large cap versus small or growth versus value? No, absolutely not. Just like we can't time the stock market, when it's going to be up and when it's going to be down. 
Because I'm telling you, if you look back at news reports, which I do all the time, if you look back at all the predictions for 2017, how many do you think predicted that the stock market would be up over 20% this year? Barely any. The year before, 2016, when the stock market did great, not near as well as this year, but the predictions were coming in, uh, you know, we're going to see a little bit of growth, but don't expect that much in the stock market. Why? Because people who make predictions don't get paid to make the correct prediction. They get paid to make a prediction, period. And when you hear the people that are predicting this year for 2018, because we had a good 2017, they're predicting great things for 2018. But just like in years past, that doesn't mean we're going to have a great 2018 and large, small value growth. Maybe none of it. Maybe all of it. We don't know. All we can do is stay disciplined in our lanes. That we have our risk level. So we have a portion of our money in large and in small and in value and in growth. And we tilt it towards dimensions of higher expected return like small and value, which we haven't seen this year. But in the aggregate, in the overall, we do if we stay in our lanes and be disciplined. It doesn't sound hard, but boy, it's one of the most difficult things you'll ever do is stay disciplined and stay in your lane being in the stock market, and being in these asset classes. Because it's so easy, my friends, it's so dang easy to follow the hot dot, follow whatever's doing great this year. But not us, because we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna take the hard road. We're going to stay disciplined. We're going to stay in our lanes because we know that our chances for success go way up when we stay in our lane. And we're family stewards. We want to invest that, the way that's going to give us the greatest chance for success. And staying in your lane will. It's not going to be easy, but staying in your lane will. Just like U.S. international developed companies, which represent 37% of the overall U.S. market, they did better than the U.S. They did great. In an international, we see that small caps were up 31%, where large cap was up 30 or sorry, 24%. So here we see where the small beat large. We see that premium. We don't see it in the growth versus value because growth actually did better than value by about 5%. But we continue to stay in our lanes. International developed did better than U.S. this year. That doesn't mean we start taking more of our U.S. money and throw it into international this year because we think that it's going to do well just because it did well in 2017. No, we already have a disciplined approach. What about emerging markets? Emerging markets have been total dogs besides last year or 2017 and 2016, the five years before, they were awful. You could read article after article after article that told you that emerging markets were dead. Get your money out of emerging markets. And by the time people got off their keisters and got their money out of emerging markets, guess what? Last year, they're up over 20%. This year, 37%. 
Those of you who have stayed disciplined have been served well by emerging markets. Those of you who have gotten in and out and attempted to chase the hot dot, not so much. Now, emerging markets is an extremely risky asset class, meaning it is a roller coaster ride that would make me throw up. It's got circle after circle, big hill, going through the dark, all of it. In the end, if you can hang on and stay the ride, you're going to have great returns. But if you had all your money in emerging markets, even the most disciplined of disciplined people would have a hard time staying in the markets. Emerging markets have done great if you look back 20 years, yeah, you look back two years. But there are times when emerging markets are down a whole, whole lot. We want a slice of emerging markets. I mean, after all, it only represents 12% of the overall global economy. But boy, did they do good this year. If you have a slice of emerging markets, be thankful. Let's break this thing down by country, okay? I want to talk about the top three developed markets and then the bottom three. Top three, the number one country in 2017 for stock market returns, Austria. 51.39%. Whoa, that is big time. Denmark up 35.4. Singapore up 34.16. What about the bottom three? Well, here's an interesting point. There were no negative returns in any country in the developed markets. Israel was the bottom, but they were still up 10.36%. Canada, 15.62%. Belgium, 19.87%. And towards the bottom was actually the U.S. What about emerging? Well, the number one country for emerging markets, Poland, and they were the number one country Overall as well, up 53.56%. China, up 50.67%. South Korea, number three, at 46.04%. And the worst performer of all the emerging markets actually had a negative 24.75% return, and that was Pakistan. And what about real estate? Because real estate is very interesting. It's great to have a slice of real estate in your portfolio as a diversifier. Uh, not too much real estate, but a slice. And U.S. real estate was only up 3.76% this year. Global real estate was up 15.64, so that's good. But real estate is another one of those diversifiers that help smooth out the roller coaster ride that we're on in our investments. I mean, real estate has averaged, if I look way back in time, 10% per year. Same as the S&P 500. But they do dramatically different things in different years. I mean, just take this year, for example. S&P 500 up over 20%. U.S. real estate up 376 Yet over time, they both average 10%. And when you can smooth out your roller coaster ride, keep you from throwing up, on those, those really windy roller coaster rides, you end up with more money in your pocket because your compound return is higher. So the person who's just holding the S&P 500 
and the person who's just holding real estate are going to overall, after a long period of time, end up with less money in their pocket than those who are holding half in real estate, half in the S&P 500. That's diversification. That's why we diversify, to smooth out the roller coaster ride, increase our compound return. That's the easiest example of diversification, as I can tell you, but that's why we have slices in U.S. large, U.S. small, U.S. value, international large, international small, international value, same in emerging, real estate. There's at least 13 major asset classes that you should be in. All to smooth out your ride along, because I'm just talking stock allocation, with a hefty dose of bonds. All right, lastly, let's just talk real quick about commodities. The best performing commodity this year, aluminum, 29.94%. Zinc, 28.49%. And copper, 27.95%. The worst three performers... The worst being natural gas, negative 36.97% in 2017. Sugar, down 26.08. And coffee, down 16.81. So that is your 2017 stock market review. But there's two takeaways two of them. Number one, all these returns that I gave you, it's not your return. Chances are you did you did worse than the overall U.S. market or, or worse than the overall global market. Why? Because chances are you don't have 100% of your money in the stock market. There's a portion of your money in bonds. And if you're smart, short-term bonds. And if you're getting older, more and more bonds. They absolutely have a place in your portfolio. Diversification is huge. Just like the real estate and S&P 500, bonds play a huge role in diversification. And you know what? You're probably thinking, should I, should I up my U.S. stock allocation since it had a good year and lower my bonds? And the answer is no. Because if we had a recession in 2017, you'd be talking about upping your bond allocation. It's just because we had a good year. Which leads me to my second point. My second point is, does this mean since 2017 was a good year that we double down on our stock investments, that we place more money in the stock market? And that answer too is no, unless your risk level allows for it. The first thing we always do is determine our risk level. Once we have it, then we can build our portfolio with slices and all those major asset classes. And once we have it, we stick with it until our risk level changes. And our risk level generally changes because our capacity changes, which is our age. Your best bet, my friend, my family steward, trying to do the very best for their family is to find your risk level, get in these major asset classes, and stay the course. The most difficult thing you will probably do. Sounds easy, but it's not. And I got to go because my time's up. Everybody, have a great, great, great new year. And I'm sure and hoping that this podcast recorded. See you on the flip side. Bye-bye.
The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance to compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.